Fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I have to admit, this week has been one heck of a week, and thank goodness it is a Friday. I'm sure you're feeling the same way wherever you may be. Hey, welcome into the program. It is the Voice of Reason broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country on radio and on TV, live streaming and podcasting thereafter as well. Great to have you along for the ride. Your millennial general reporting for duty the way we do every single day. I don't remember such a jam-packed Friday program that we have like today. So don't miss this one. As we do have the live stream going on on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter, Twitch.tv, plus the LinkedIn, and on OurFreedomBook.com, on Instagram, on TikTok, also on the website at HoosierReason.com. Hey, great to have you today. It's going to be a fun one. We have Joe Biden maybe remembering his name today. I don't know. We'll see. We'll follow through. Go through the rest of the day. We'll see if uh, we can't get the latest and greatest from Joe Biden as he's, uh, I guess, has an alternative motive with this infrastructure package. Yeah, as they negotiate and he lowered some of the taxes on there, got rid of some of the electric vehicle user fees off the bill, which he wanted to use to fund some of the infrastructure plan, which is, again, just boggles my mind. He wants to increase people using electric vehicles but then he wants to charge more of them even though it's already expensive he wants more user fees and charges and taxes on using them so that way we can fund people to use them more it's a wild concept but that's what he's all about and apparently he negotiated those out of there but he wants to put them in a separate bill if this one passes so we'll get to all that and more coming up on the program as well plus dylan howard he is uh, he is author of the book uh, Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. We'll be joined by him at the bottom of the hour to talk about John McAfee. As you know, passed away just a couple of days ago in the Barcelona prison. Is it truly suicide or is it Epstein 2.0? These are the questions. We'll get to that at the bottom of the hour and have some fun there as well. But first, I want to shift gears because obviously the big news that's been going on for the entire last year with COVID-19. Where are we as we begin to reopen now? That, and I, I said this was going to happen. We knew it as we had the mask mandates last year. When are the mask mandates ever going to end? Because are we scared of going back out into a biological world? While we talk about reopening, people are terrified of going back into the workforce because there's public people around and there's viruses that could make us sick. I know. I know. So when are we actually going to open things back up? But at the same time, we are dragging out the unemployment benefits for the additional COVID-19 benefits because why the heck not? People are scared and don't want to go back to work. And now there's a labor shortage, but yes, let's use it for our political advantage to raise minimum wage. We have that going on. Now we have vaccinations. Are we going to do vaccination ID cards? Are we going to do the little scanner apps on our phone? Are we going to allowed to be going into society if we choose not to get the vaccine, which I will not be getting it. If you do all the power to you, that's cool, but I will not be getting it because I'm 32 years old and relatively healthy and take vitamins all day long. So I don't feel that I truly need it. Now that we found out under Fauci's emails that you most likely don't spread the virus when you're asymptomatic, and my demographic is very, very, very rare to get it, and if we do, it's going to be asymptomatic, then I really don't have much to worry about, and I don't have a whole lot of fear about it. But to talk about all this and more, po policy-wise, where we're going with masks, right now you still can't fly 
unless you wear a face mask. Right now, you still can't go to many stores unless you wear a face mask. Right now, you still can't go to many public buildings unless you get a face mask. When we realize that cloth masks that they're handing out at the store, uh, Sarah, can, can you wear this, please? That it doesn't do much. It doesn't do it because the virus is too small and it goes right through it. So are we doing it to feel better about it or are we doing it to truly help something? Are we doing it for complacency or are we doing it just uh, because we actually feel like we're having a purpose? Excited to have on the program. He's the senior science advisor to the Men's Health Network, also the past chair for the American Public Health Association and former alumni association board member of Columbia University School of Public Health. In other words, this guy's super smart on medical things and science way more than we are. So I'm super excited to have on the program. And we're just going to say this on the program one time, Dr. Salvatore Giorgiani. Or we're going to call him Dr. Sal on the program. Dr. Sal, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, Andy. Thank you for having me on today. Hey, it's great to have you on the program. Did I sum this up all right? Is that where we're at right now as we begin to reopen on when to reopen and how to reopen? And at what level do we keep some of these mandates? Because it feels like we're kind of in that, you know, right in the middle of that tug of war right now as we come through this pandemic over the last year. You're absolutely right. There is there is a transition phase. Just as with, just as there was a transition phase early on in uh, 2020 in January and February when we were figuring out what to do and how to do it, now we're in the transition phase coming down. I'm in Florida, so all of our stores are open. Uh, there are very very few public places here or stores, uh, facilities, shops, barber shops that you need to wear masks. Restaurants have been open for at least a month and a half, uh, two months. Uh, the governor here has taken a lot of heat. Uh, DeSantis has taken a lot of heat from a lot of folks for opening up. But then when you look at the statistics here in Florida and the statistics in other parts of the country, they've had much more uh, restrictive requirements for longer. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing just as well here in Florida as anywhere in the country. So, I do think there are valid points to be made about the pluses and minuses of wearing masks. You know, the, the masks that the general public gets uh, are not real N95, that is viral secure barriers. They are protective barriers. And I will say they do help. They do help from direct contamination. Uh, when you couple that with uh, distancing three to six feet, when you couple that with good hand washing and general hygiene, uh, you have a pretty effective mitigation. The mitigation doesn't mean elimination. It means mitigation. And the reason I always talk about these three things, it's sort of like a football player. You're just not safe on the field if you wear a helmet but no pads. And you're not safe unless you wear pads and no helmet. So you've got to wear all the, and mouth guard. So, you know, you've got to wear all the things that you need to wear to give yourself multiple layers of protection from multiple things. Sure. Uh, most people do not wear their masks properly. They use them over and over and over again. They're really, uh, I think it's become the, the security blanket of <laughs> uh, the COVID-19 set. Uh, and I think we have to give permission to people who want to wear them because it makes them feel more secure uh, to wear them. And then we, but we can't berate people who don't wear them uh, in environments uh, where, you know, vaccination. Now, I, I will disagree with you straight up, Andy. I do think that vaccination is very important even for a 30-plus-year-old gentleman such as yourself, and that's coming, you know, it's what Men's Health Network advocates for. 
Uh, I understand why you don't want to do it. Uh, but every day I read stories about police officers who are in great shape, generally speaking, uh, The Rock, uh, you know, other individuals who are in good shape, young dads um, who somehow contract COVID uh, and they, they don't fare very well. Plus, there's this other uh, thing that's different with COVID than with the general flu, which is COVID long haul syndrome. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a very important concept to keep in mind. Uh, NIH and CDC estimate that up to 30% of people who have had COVID, even if it's a mild infection, develop these secondary reactions, secondary long-term symptoms, everything from mental fog to confusion, anxiety, depression, to problems with breathing and heart, kidney, lung. Uh, and we're finding this not only in adults, but also in children who are asymptomatic, who might have the, vac the virus in them, uh, but they're not symptomatic. And amazingly, by the way, parenthetically, uh, there are, and there's not enough data to really confirm this on solid rock, but those individuals have COVID long haul or COVID long syndrome who get vaccinated, the syndrome seems to go away. So what is being speculated is that the virus is sort of hanging out in the system, doing some low-level mischief that causes these kinds of problems um, that the vaccine just helps the body clear it out. Uh, it's very unusual. And from the get-go, Andy, I, uh, I've always, and I'm not a virologist, I must tell you, but I've always seen the multiple organ systems that COVID affects and thought that there is something very unusual about this virus, whether it's naturally unusual, what happens, and that happens, or whether it's uh, something else, which is needs a very important question to understand. Yeah, that's a great question, and that's kind of what I wanted to lead with that afterwards, with with that type of description of it and what it's doing that's a little bit weird and wonky. I mean, from your medical opinion, do you think it's a natural thing, or the, the discussions about Fauci's emails about it being engineered in a lab and then being released? I mean, do you have a, a view on that one way or the other on where it actually came from? I don't have any secret information. I wish I did, but I will. <laughs> and again, uh, with a very important caveat, I'm not a virologist and I'm not an immunologist, and, you know, so like a general kind of guy. But uh, I have always, from the very onset, and my son is a local physician here, uh, from the very onset, he and I have spoken about this, just something that gets my, you know, my pink flags going, that there's something unusual about this virus. We all, we know that it penetrates into the central nervous system, which is kind of an unusual sort of thing. And the, the, the symptom of, loss of taste and loss of smell that people were reporting uh, early on and kind of was a very odd sort of phenomenon that indicated you might have low-level infection. Uh, that Those were attacks right on the olfactory uh, and, and gustatory nerves, which are central nervous system. So we do know it even penetrates through the central nervous system. So I don't know, but I think it's extremely, extremely important for officials to get to the truth. And the reason is, you're not going to be able to do an awful lot about this particular scenario. But I strongly suspect, in fact, I think it's pretty well documented in general literature, there are a lot of labs throughout the country and universities and government facilities, a lot of labs all over the world 
and universities and government facilities, military facilities that are studying bacteriology uh, for good purpose and not so good purpose uh, and for lots of reasons. So I think we have to absolutely understand that if this was a genetically modified organism, those are not hard to do these days, uh, we need to understand where the problem was that it did escape. If it's not a genetically modified organism, we have to very, very much understand what the zoological, the, the transmittable vectors are so that those things can be addressed. We learned that with malaria, right? I mean, when we finally learned malaria was spread by mosquitoes, we were very aggressively uh, eliminated mosquitoes. So it's kind of the same thing. Sure. We got just about 30 seconds before we have to take a break here, Dr. Sal. Could you stick over one more segment with us? Absolutely. Perfect. I appreciate that. I want to set up uh, when we come back here, I want to set it up to talk about moving forward on what is the level that we can start taking off the mask? What is the level that, you know, the herd immunity and does it have to be herd immunity through vaccination? Does it have to be herd immunity through vaccination plus those that have already gotten it and have it in their system and built up antibodies against it on where we go with this? Because this is going to be, as you mentioned, kind of that transition stage, that ongoing debate on what's going to happen. And as we talk about schools going into the fall semester, the continued public transit with buses or with airplanes, it's going to be an interesting conversation moving forward. Talking with Dr. Sal, Senior Science Advisor for Men's Health Network. You can visit him at menshealthnetwork.org. We'll do that conversation for a few minutes when we come back here for a Friday. Wrapping up the week, lots to get to here on The Voice Reason. Stay tuned. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic. 
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I love these conversations. It's a Friday, having a little fun, trying to keep it lighthearted, trying to have more fun than most other talk radios. That's what we do. Trying to be more exciting than watching Joe Biden try to walk up a flight of stairs. (laughs) See? See what we did there? That's called a joke. (laughs) Welcome back in to The Voice of Reason radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Dr. Salvatore Giorgiani, Dr. Sal... Senior Science Advisor to Men's Health Network. You can visit them, menshealthnetwork.org. Dr. Sal, as I kind of tease going into the break there, I want to talk about where where we go from here and what is that threshold. I saw Rand Paul really rail on on Dr. Fauci during some of the uh, Senate hearings uh, at the federal level talking about what is that magic number. Do we have to have a certain percent of vaccination immune, uh, quote-unquote, herd immunity, which is what Joe Biden and the Biden administration want with like 70% by Fourth of July across the nation, or can we include those that have the immune system that built up with actually getting it and testing positive and actually getting through it? Do we need masks for a certain amount of time? What's that transition look like going over the next few months or year? Well, I think if uh, anyone uh, takes a look at what Florida looked like three months ago, you'll see what that transition phase looks like. We moved very rapidly in March uh, through transition to the point now where we are essentially mask-free in restaurants and shopping centers and uh, public places and uh, pharmacies, uh, some places such as hospitals and assisted living facilities and uh, the like, where you have a lot of uh, folks who have probably immunologically compromised uh, positions or there's generally a a heightened sense of need to cover, you're going to need to wear masks. And that's certainly reasonable. Those are unusual places. But I think if you look at Florida, uh, you'll see just what it looks like when you go through your transition. You can now, Dr. Fauci has also said, and I don't know where he got the number from, but, uh, you know, and I, I cut all of these folks a little bit of slack because we've not ever dealt with this before. And science is a learning environment. It's, it's a living learning environment. But he has to also realize that he is not a, a country doctor. He is he is a public policy maker that affects trillions of dollars of economy, hundreds of millions of lives. So he's he's a little bit more than that. And I think he understands it. But he has said on occasion, on multiple occasions in the past several months, that when we reach a, uh, a case rate, a new case uh, rate of COVID of under 10,000 cases a day in the United States on a rolling average, it'll be safe to start opening everything up. Now, I look at these numbers, it's still stabilizing, it's still trending uh, this way or that way, but basically it's trending down. And the last time I looked, the numbers were anywhere from either 7,900 cases a day to about 11,300 cases a day. I haven't looked today, quite frankly, but you know we're, we're close to that range where uh, Dr. Fauci's viewpoint a few months ago is at that critical threshold value. So hopefully he won't move the goalpost. As to your extremely important question, uh, do you have immunity just from vaccines or do you have immunity if you contracted COVID? Yeah, of course you have immunity if you've contracted COVID. I think we all can remember, and I still see advertisements for it, convalescent plasma, where you would draw off the plasma from someone who's had COVID uh, infection and, and done well uh, and has gotten stronger uh, and survived it. Uh, you draw off the plasma to get to someone who gets COVID to treat them. You're treating them to immunologic 
uh-huh. components that that individual has built up. So absolutely, you have immunologic capacity. So I don't remember off the top of my little old head here how many folks have contracted COVID, but my guess is that if you take even 50% of those who have high levels of immunogenicity and you add them into the 65% of individuals who've gotten at least one jab in the arm, uh, we're very close to that 70% number. I love and, it. You know, I love uh, it. So, so we're out of we're out of time. We got a hard break here, my friend. We got to we got to take a break here. All but right. it's, it's so good to talk to you. I'd love to get you back on the program again here real soon. Anytime, Andy. I'd be happy to be back on and help you and your listeners. Hey, appreciate that very much. Much more coming up here on the Voice, Voice Reason. Reason. Stay here with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Friday. We do appreciate you spending the end of the week with us here on the show, radio and TV, plus the live streaming and podcasting the way we do every single day. The Millennial General surging through a Friday because that's the way we roll every day as well. Welcome back in. HoosierReason.com, HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com if you want to jump on essentially jump on the program and email me we get emails every day and try to find some goodies to read every once in a while here on the show thanks again to the doctor coming on the program dylan howard uh not able to get a hold of him we'll try and reschedule that for next week we had a bit of a scheduling what happened was i scheduled both the guests at the top of the hour then i tried to move one and wasn't sure if he was going to be able to make it so uh wasn't able to get a hold of him which probably means he wasn't able to do it at that time so we'll get him on the show for next week that's not a big deal but john mcafee and that death and uh, the suicide quote unquote in barcelona italia the gonna be interesting to see what happens there is this an epstein 2.0 or is this truly suicide to me it makes zero sense in any way shape or form He's more happy at an Italian third world, not third world country, but kind of third world prison. It looked kind of rough in some of those pictures. He'd rather be there hanging out than in a federal sweet deal here in the United States or paying off just for federal tax evasion. That's it. You pay the money. You sit there on home arrest for a while in your big mansion with your millions of dollars and you're happy and good to go. Like, I don't know why that is worse than actually being in a ridiculous prison in Barcelona. So when he commit suicide just hours before his extradition to the U.S., 
that to me raises a flag that doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I don't know his whole story. I don't know what he's all about, but we'll talk about that with Dylan uh, because obviously he wrote a book about Epstein and Dead Men Tell No Tales. So we'll talk with Dylan at least in the next week or so and look forward to having him on the program. Thanks again to Dr. Sal coming on the program, though. Really interesting information with the Men's Health Network. You can go online there to menshealthnetwork.org. I got a few comments on some of the social media. And look, obviously him and I disagree on the vaccine, on getting the vaccine. But it was interesting for him to discuss on why, because of some of the long-term effects that the virus could potentially do with some of the organs or tearing up the tissue of the lungs, you know, in long-term effects of it. Now, my question is, what are the long-term effects of the virus? We don't know, because it's a brand new kind of virus, at least for most of them, and we don't know what it's going to do, and we didn't do any long-term clinical studies, so we have no idea. So would the vaccine long-term effects be worse than the virus long-term effects, or would they be better? I don't know. At the end of the day, it's up to the individual to take their own risk and make their own decisions. And if you choose to get the vaccine, then that's cool. But you also apparently are signing a waiver saying that you're that the company that's making the vaccine is not liable for anything that may happen down the road because it's clinically it's not it didn't do a clinical trial like it usually does. So that's concerning to me. So but you as an individual, if you choose to do that, that's you taking on that risk. That's you taking on that personal responsibility to say, I'm willing to do this risk because I believe that the risk of the Uh, the alternative is worse than this. So I'm going to do this one because it's the better alternative in my humble opinion. That's them speaking, not me. Me personally, I would rather take the risk of not getting the vaccine and boosting my immune system naturally. And we didn't get a chance to talk about it. If I would have known, we could have maybe held them on a little bit longer, but talking about, you know, the the vitamin D3 and the elderberry and the zinc and the magnesium and their hydroxychloroquine for some of the cases and talk about some of those other treatments that could be a potential other than the vaccine but i personally am willing to take the risk to say yes i want to not get the vaccine i want to try and do it on my own because i like kind of being a little independent that evil rebel in me i kind of want to do things on my own i want to take that risk and if i do get sick from it in long-term effects and it tears up my organs or my lungs and that's my own damn fault That's my fault, and I will not complain about it. But guess what? I made that choice because that's my own personal choice to make. That is my personal choice to make. And with the lack of being able to transmit it asymptomatically, I'm not too concerned about spreading it around to somebody else as well. If I built the anti... Look, look at it this way. If you have your immune system built up with antibodies to fight the virus naturally, isn't that the same as having the vaccine and building up your immune system to fight it with the vaccine as well? Because it's doing the same thing, ultimately. It's building up your immune system to fight it. So whether you get the vaccine and you're asymptomatic because you kill off the virus and you can't spread it asymptomatically, or you're naturally building it up to where you fight and kill off the virus when you contract it naturally, so that way if you're asymptomatic you can't spread the virus, what's the difference? And he even admitted, Dr. Sell even admitted that, yes, you know what, the individuals that have gotten the virus that have the immune system to fight it off, that have the antibodies to fight it off because they've gotten it and contracted it, they fought it, they survived from it, they are part of the herd immunity in the nation that's included with the vaccinations. Now, Joe Biden wants 70% of the the country, the population, to be vaccinated by 4th of July, just a week and a half away. And right now we're at like 60%, which blows my mind, by the way, that 60% of the population got vaccinated. That's crazy to me. I was thinking it was going to be around 30 or 40%, and we kind of peak at that one. But 65 60%, whatever it is, okay. But guess what? Between those and then the ones that did get it and did survive it, they're part of that herd immunity, which means a large portion of the population is already there. We've already hit the 70%. 
And he even, Dr. Sell even admitted that even an advocate for the vaccine said, yes, you do have the antibodies. You are part of that herd immunity now if you've gotten the virus and you survived it with the immune system. You're part of the herd immunity now. You don't need the vaccine to be part of that herd immunity. You're not going to hear that from the Democrats. You're not going to hear that from health officials. You're not going to hear that from the powers at bay because they want you to get the vaccine. And therefore, they're not going to include you as part of that herd immunity. They want to do it by the numbers on who actually got the needle in their arm. That's what they're going to do. But our per- look, again, if you do what you want to do, I'm so conservative. I don't care what you do with your life. Do your thing, man. It's all good. When we start abusing people or trying to come down with mandates or trying to exclude them from the public or exclude them from cool things happening in society or excluding them from public gatherings in any way, shape, or form, or even to be able to go to work, I have a concern with that. There's a new headline out of uh, a local news station here in the Wichita area, but it's really out of Nexstar out of Houston, Texas. There There were 153 Texas hospital workers that were fired or resigned from working in the hospitals because they refused to get the COVID-19 vaccination. Now, this is Texas, so you got a little bit more of that ramble inside you. I love Texas. We get a heck of a lot of downloads on the podcast out of Texas. We love you guys. But hundred over 150 employees in the Houston hospitals, just in Houston alone, quit their jobs or got fired because they refused to get the vaccine, and therefore they got let go. Andy, they work with patients doesn't matter again you need to look at it from the sense of vaccination versus natural health immune system if you kill the virus on either way because your immune system's cool it's strengthened it's good to go it can fight off whatever you have in you look right now right now whoever's listening to this program you have millions of different viruses and bacteria in your system as we speak right now every breath you breathe in every breath you breathe out has virus has bacteria has something in it we read the story just last week about children's masks that weren't even sick that got sent in and five out of the six had 10 different viruses on it including like sepsis including uh uh including like hepatitis including all these different things and the kids weren't sick But they had those in their system because your immune system is constantly fighting things. There's constantly things you're being exposed to all the time. So whether you're building your immune system naturally by doing vitamins or whether you're taking a vaccine, your immune system is taken up another notch. When you get exposed to that virus, then your immune system can fight it, can handle it, can kill it off, and it's in your system to where your immune system knows what to do with it with the antibodies. So whether you have the vaccine or you don't, if you're fine and healthy, it doesn't matter whether you're exposed to other people without the vaccine or not because the end result is the exact same. You just took a different path. The problem is is that the societal leaders and health officials want you to go down one specific path instead of either path for you to choose, and now they're firing individuals because, well, they're around sick people, they're around other individuals, and they didn't get the vaccine, so therefore you need to go, and we're going to fire you. That's crazy to me. Now, there's a lawsuit, obviously, going on with it because it's the state of Texas, and they're going to sue. Of course they're going to sue. You can't tell me what to put in my body, even if I am around other individuals, elderly individuals, sick individuals, immune-compromised individuals. The outcome, whether I built up the immunity myself and was exposed and survived it, or whether I got the vaccine, the end game is the exact same. You have immunities that you can fight it off, and when you're asymptomatic, you don't spread it to other people. And we found that out. It's not necessarily common knowledge, but we found that out. According to the news, Houston uh, Methodists tried to incentivize the 26,000 employees 
at the medical center and six community hospitals by offering an extra $500 for kidding. 26,000 employees at $500. And you wonder why healthcare is so expensive. Hey, 26,000 people that are working here. We'll give you $500 if you get the shot. Talk about bribing. Again, to me, I just see it as desperation. They see it as incentivizing to make society better. I just see it as you're trying to bribe me because you're desperate. That's the only way I see that one. I'm sorry. The hospital system also warned that at some point vaccinations would no longer be mandatory. And that's according to the Associated Press. So right now they're firing people because it's mandatory to get it. But at some point it's not going to be mandatory. If the health system openly admits that it's not going to be mandatory, then why would you be firing people right now because it's mandatory and you have to get it? I, I, I may be missing something here. Maybe you can help me out with this one, but I'm, seeing, I'm not seeing a connection here. We're going to fire you today via something that you don't have to do a month from now, a year from now, whatever it is. That's crazy to me. I mean, maybe they're going down the road of like it's going to be a continuous vaccine like the flu. Every season, you got to get the COVID shot with the flu shot. And at some point, you're not going to be required to have to take that one anymore. But for right now, you're just going to take it every year. Like, that's just crazy to me, even as an official in, in health. And you may disagree with me on that one. If you do, please email me, who's your media network at gmail.com. Again, who's your media network at gmail.com. Let me know. If you disagree and say, you know what? I really want my health officials, my my doctors, my nurses that are handling me, that are testing my blood, that are checking me, that are that I'm around when I'm at the hospital, that's already not very sanitary. I want them to have the vaccine because it makes me feel better. Let me know. Let me know. But does it make sense that either direction you go, you're going to get to the same end game? They just don't want you to know that. Craziness. When we come back, I want to shift gears a little bit. It's a Friday. We'll have a little bit more fun, lighthearted to wrap up the program for a Friday today because there's a lot of stuff going on. Joe Biden trying to sneak and weasel his agenda through a different bill with the negotiations from the infrastructure. We'll touch on that as well for a Friday here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. 
online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, we have just a few minutes left, and I just found this. This broke as of just about 15 minutes ago. And it's kind of big news, although it's kind of our weird news of the day. Weird news of the day. This has been what we've been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, getting ready. We've been talking about this for weeks and for months, but as of just almost 20, 15, 20 minutes ago, the intelligence report came out from the Department of Defense about UFOs and what their thoughts are about UFOs in the country. I, I know! I know! Now, here it is. According to Politico.com, this kind of set the level of what we were almost expecting. And did it answer anything? Um, not really. I guess it was unexpected or kind of expected, but at the same time, kind of frustrating. Here's what the now I just saw this, so I'm reading it as we go here. This is on the fly because I just saw this report. According to Politico.com, a new intelligence report sent to Congress today concludes that virtually all of the 144 sightings of unidentified flying objects documented by the military since 2004 are of unknown origins. In an extremely rare public accounting of the U.S. government's data on UFOs that is likely to fuel further speculation about phenomena the intelligence community has long struggled to understand, the report, the government's first unclassified assessment in a half a century, does not offer any definitive answers on who or what may be operating a variety of aircraft that in some cases may appear to defy known characteristics of aerodynamics that officials believe pose a threat to national security and flight safety. So in other words, aliens are real. In other words, it happened. It happened. I'm telling you. They can't account for them. Now, who's to say that it's not super top, like extra super duper pinky swear secret where we can't figure it out and half the government or the Defense Department doesn't even know about it? Well, again, it comes down to either two things. Either it's aliens or there is some technology, I guess three things, or the uh, government has technology that doesn't let the rest of the government know, which is probably true to a degree. And I can go along with that one. The other case is that there are foreign agencies, foreign governments, and other uh, countries that actually have this technology. And if that's the case, then we are in deep, you know what, because that would be very scary if they have that kind of technology and we don't. But I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. I think China is very up there technology-wise, but I think we kind of match them decently, at least for what we're aware of publicly. I think Russia is up there with technology, but I think we match them decently with technology. I think other countries have a little bit of technology as well, obviously, but I think we match them. Well, if that were the case, then countries like Israel wouldn't be able to use their Iron Dome to send out missiles to match other missiles to blow them up in the air as opposed to letting them hit them. If they really were a threat, they would use that kind of technology to really take out nations that they absolutely despise. So personally, I think if that those companies do or countries do have that type of technology, then they're not using it in any way, shape, or form. Uh, because 
the greed of man, I guess, or greed of leaders or the corrupt leaders at the top, they would be using that for their own personal gain, and we would see a lot more of those being more destructive across the world. That's just my personal opinion. You can take a different way from that as well. But the report uh, just sums up saying that 144 sightings of unidentified flying objects documented by the military since 2004 have no origin or at least unknown origin. The Pentagon, continuing with the story from Politico, the Pentagon, assisted by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, found no evidence to indicate that they mark a technological breakthrough by a foreign adversary. Oh, that's nice. Or that the objects are from extraterrestrial origin. What? There's no evidence of it. Just because there's no evidence of it doesn't mean it's happening because it's got to happen somewhere. <laughs> they don't believe that it's technological breakthroughs by the foreign adversaries or that the objects are of an extraterrestrial origin, though neither explanation has been ruled out in what officials have described as a preliminary assessment. We've been doing this for years. There's been documented UFO sightings for years. There's been the 144 cases the government's been tracking since 2004. That would be what, like 16 years, 17 years since now? And yet we have just a preliminary investigation on this? Give me a break. Quote, of the 144 data points, we have no clear indication that there's any non-terrestrial explanation for them, but we'll go wherever the data takes us on this. I'm sure you will. There it is. The report is officially released. Now, my job this weekend is to find the actual report and read it, and we'll dissect it on Monday and Tuesday next week because this is what we've been waiting for. This is the humanity-changing breakthrough that we've been waiting for, right? we got to find something in there. Give us a little bit of hope of something. Have some type of answers, then like, ah, here's our report. We don't know anything. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Come on, man. Got a big week lined up for you here on the show, so don't miss a bit of it. All uh, awesome guests lined up the entire week next week. Until then, it's time for you to be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier, rocking it for another Friday. Back at it on a Monday next week. Until then, everybody have a wonderful weekend. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.